Welcome to another faith-building message by Pastor Phil Pringle, leader of C3 Church. For more information about Phil and C3, please visit myc3church.net. I got to tell you, I'm so thrilled to let you know Pilgrims, our newest C3 music album, is already here. The songs on this album are for our journey in Jesus. No matter where we are on that journey, in the valley or on the mountaintop, His love is unchanging and so should our praise and worship be. Cannot wait for you to hear it. Head to iTunes or Google Play to download it today. This weekend was like a free weekend for me in terms of we weren't on a theme. And so occasionally we have a weekend where we just say, let's free fall and and walk into any series or theme or one message that that we're feeling on our heart at the time. And, uh, and you know, uh, this last week, we have had a, a couple of church members in, in some trouble and sicknesses and, and facing some really difficult moments. And I just saw such a beautiful response from our church community to these people in, in all sorts of ways, all kinds of ways, food being delivered and houses being taken care of and money being raised and like exorbitant amounts of everything and just the love of God being manifested in our church. And I I thought, you know, we've got a culture in our church of generosity. But then I thought, I haven't spoken on generosity for a long time. And I thought there'd be a lot of people in our church and some of us also who need kind of reminding of the whole idea of what a God of generosity is all about. And it is a constant need for us to shift our thinking into the ways of God because His ways are a lot higher than our ways. Isaiah says, His ways are not our ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so His ways are higher than our ways. And sometimes we start drifting down and we need somebody to just lift us back into that zone of where God's thinking is about generosity. So I wanted to start with John chapter 10 and verse 10, which says, The thief doesn't come to except to steal and to kill and to destroy. So whatever is happening in your life that is being stolen, whether it's energy, health, whether it's finances, whether it's relationships, the devil is at work. When, he's, when things are being stolen from you that should be yours, anything that's being killed in your world that, that should be alive. That's the attempt of the devil. Or destroy things that were once healthy, but uh, you're finding they're getting destroyed. That's, that's the work of darkness. Now, the strange thing is, over the years, sometimes, when people can't explain a situation in life, they'd rather blame God for it than the devil. And so you'll often find people saying, oh, well, the Lord is putting you through this the sickness and this trial, because that's His will to make you into some kind of person that can only be achieved through going through this, this, this trial. You know, there is a truth to that, that you will be developed through whatever trial you, you face if you, if you navigate it properly. However, to attribute those sort of things to God verges on the edge of blasphemy. I mean, Can you imagine me standing here or any preacher standing there and saying, when Jesus walked around and laid his hands on people, he gave them leprosy. 
and he imputed sickness and cancer to some people. And if he saw some living people, occasionally he would kill them. And that never happened. Never. And, and Jesus is the express hologram, the Bible word is. He's, he's an extension of God into the earth. Whatever he did, you can say that's the Father at work. And anything that is opposing that is from the other side, not from the side where God lives. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have life abundantly. He's talking about an overflowing world of abundance that He has intended for you to have in your life. Not only so that you would have an abundance, but so that you'd be so overflowing, you could bring that abundance into other people's worlds. When I studied this, uh, this verse, I thought I'll have a look and see how many times the word abundant is in Scripture because it seemed to me like it was there maybe two or three times. But I find the word abundantly was there 23 times, abundance 79 times, and abundant 23 times. And it, it indicates that every time God was present, there was a generous overflowing abundance everywhere He went. He didn't just provide enough. Never do you find God providing just enough. And yet I've heard that spoken in an attempt to try and keep everybody a little bit holy and pious as though it's more pious to be poor and to be a failure in life and to not do well instead of being successful, instead of being blessed in life, instead of having a generous abundance in your world. And in our mindset, it would seem to me like something, somewhere down the line that the devil said, how can we stop the church from, from expanding all of its borders? And one measly little sly demon came into the room, says, well, let's convince them that it's more pious to be poor and it's that lack is more godly than abundance and that failure is better than success. I think Lucifer rolled around on the floor laughing, saying as if that had ever worked. How could, how could thousands of years of God's people prospering and being blessed in the earth ever be overturned with that? This demon said, no, that'd just stop everybody. That'd stop the expansion. That'd stop them being able to do things if they just thought it was better to be small and isolated. So he said, well, go and have a shot. And do you know what? The church bought it, hook, line and sinker. They said, oh yeah, that's, that sounds like a far more religious thing. Well, let's even take vows of poverty, vows of lack. Let's commit ourselves to actually being complete. You see, the problem with that is that we've been told to be a blessing to the world. And if you haven't got enough for yourself to get by, you're never gonna have enough to be an overflowing blessing to the people all around you. It's impossible to be a blessing in this world if you're not blessed in your own life. God has a huge high intention in this life to bless you. And I could prophesy to you this morning and say this year will be a year of abundance. Many of you are gonna walk out of lack into abundance, not just the supply of the necessary, but into the supply of an overflowing cup, not only in the world of blessing, not only in the world of circumstances, not only in the world of time, but in the world of relationships and resources, you're gonna find the blessing and the hand of God will come upon you so that you have more than enough, more than enough will come into your hands, will come into your hands, 
house come into your control. God is gonna take your jobs and He's gonna bless you with bonuses, with abundance, with overflowing cups. You're gonna find yourself breaking through barriers that are ceilings in your organisation. You're gonna find that the blessing of heaven will come upon you and you'll have bread baskets that are overflowing, storehouses that are overflowing, bank accounts that are overflowing, superannuation that is overflowing. Some of you are nervous about financial circumstances. Some of you are nervous about whether you'll have enough time to accomplish the dreams in your heart. Some of you are nervous about whether your health will hold out. Some of you are nervous about whether your relationships are gonna last. But the God of heaven and earth says, I am here with an abundance of answers. I am here with an abundance of generosity. I am here with an overflowing cup. I am here to bless you. I've come into this world to bless you. I've come into this world to bless you and not to curse you. I've come into this world to give you abundance and not lack. I have come into this world to show my goodness and my reckless love for you is overflowing. In the guise of this world, do not admit to the devil taking a hold of your resources. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Stand up for my name and for my glory and I will bless you, says the Almighty God. In Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. You're gonna enter into a new day, people. This is a new hour for you. This is a new hour for you. That door that has been shut is going to open for you. That door of impossibility is gonna open for you. Those things that have weakened you and discouraged you and depressed you will be bound and will be shut up. I will banish the enemy and bruise Satan under your feet. I will bring victory where there's been defeat. I will bring healing where there's been sickness. I will bring breakthrough where there's been bondage. I will break chains that have bound you. My Spirit is about to move in the nation of Australia. My Holy Spirit is about to fall on the people of God. My Spirit will move like a river, like a wind, like a fire, and you will see the glory of God. You think you've seen the glory of God. You have seen nothing yet because my power is about to come upon the earth in these last days to raise the dead, to heal the sick, to deliver the oppressed, to open the eyes of the blind. Do you think I'm short of supply? Do you think I'm unable to do it? Nothing is too hard for the Lord. In Jesus' Name. Whoa. Come on, people. Give Him praise. What? Give Him all the glory. Give Him all the majesty. Give Him all the praise. God is in this place today. God is here to touch you. He's here to break through in your life. He's here to spend His Spirit on you. Amen. You may be seated. You think I'm joking about that demon. 1 Timothy 4 verse 1 to 3. Now the Spirit, the Holy Spirit says expressly, this is Paul speaking, that in the latter time, some will depart from faith. Means they'll go to doubt. 
Doesn't mean they'll leave the church. They just departed from faith. They stayed in church and built the church of the second doubt. Amen. <laughs> Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Forbidding and abstaining. This was not the doctrines of the Holy Spirit. They were doctrines of demons. Where God comes in, He says, whoa, people, 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 you're not allowed to have that. You shouldn't have this, you shouldn't have that. No, you can't do this and you can't do that. That is not what Jesus came to the earth to do. He said, I've come to give you life. God is a giver. You may not have come from a family of givers, but now you're in a family of givers where generosity is our culture. It's our culture corporately. It's our culture as a movement. It's our culture personally. So that I'm always gonna find somewhere where I can be generous. Generosity is not just giving. We should all be givers. If you're a Christian, you're a giver. You're not a taker. That's one of the signatures that you're born again. That you're no longer in the world to get, you're in the world to give. And you realise that God didn't just come to raise our standard of living, He came to raise our standard of giving. That I'm here to give, not to take. I'm here to be a blessing, not to just get blessed. I'm here to overwhelm people with the generosity of God. Before we start witnessing to people, we should overwhelm them with the blessing of God. I heard about a friend of mine last week who left a tip that was far larger than what he should have done. It was almost the price of the meal. Just left the same amount in with it to a waitress and a card about Jesus. She went away, she read the card because she's so impressed with the tip. She asked Jesus in her life, told him, he's a pastor, this guy, told him that she had asked Jesus into her life and then she rang her husband and he prayed the prayer with her and asked Jesus, don't tell me that money's not powerful. Don't tell me that generosity's not powerful. It is the opening of the heart. It's when people feel God. God is coming. He said, uh, where did you ring your husband? At work or at home? She said, she, he said, she hung her head and said, I rang him in prison. And he received Jesus right there in prison. Don't tell me that generosity doesn't work. Generosity doesn't have to be a large thing either. And it's not always about money. It's about an attitude. I got saved this, on a particular night in 1971. And as the offering bag was coming along on that August the 7th night in 1971, I was sitting next to Christine, uh, my wife, uh, now, wasn't then. And we were boyfriend, girlfriend sitting there and the offering bag was coming along. And the woman who had brought us was sitting behind us and, and she could see I had, didn't have any money and I was looking embarrassed. I was trying to find something because the bag was getting closer. And she tapped me on the shoulder and she put 20 cents in my, in my hand. I remember distinctly, you know, 20 cents, like which was still, it's not much difference now, 20 cents. It's like, but it wasn't the amount that mattered to me. It was her bigness of heart to save me from an embarrassment in a new environment. That's what generosity is. Jesus said, generosity is measured by ratios, not by amounts. He said, this woman who's given her might has given all she had. She's given far more than these people who gave big amounts, but wasn't nearly as much. God's looking at our ratios. 
He's looking at what we're holding back and what we're giving. You know, and, and generosity opens the heart to the goodness of God. As soon as we, as soon as we start to realise that, that, that God is generous, we will see that He is good and that He gives way more than enough. Why is God wasting supernatural power on creating bread and fishes that are left over? I mean, it's far too much. Jesus just went overboard right there. You only need to feed 12, now you've got 12 baskets left over. What are you doing with all of that waste? What are you gonna do with that? It doesn't matter. He provides more than enough every time. More than enough. He's never, he's never gonna provide less than what you need. I don't know if you've ever been to a wedding where they hadn't supplied enough. I have, it's embarrassing. You're in the line towards the table, it was a buffet, and they provided one big fish. And they thought that'll do for everybody. Halfway through the queue, the line, I'm looking down there, I think the fish is gone. That's it, there's bones left now. We arrived, there's bones, you got a few of the scraps out of the salad bowl. You know what a salad bowl's got a few leaves around the bottom? Doesn't that look bad? And, and then you got a few, you know, few potatoes scattered over the plate and it doesn't feel like a meal. It feels like you got the scraps and whatever. They should, even when you're finished, there should still be an abundance. And, and, and that's how God is. He went to a wedding and his mother is somehow involved in the, 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 the hosting, the emceeing, the hospitality of it. Some people think that it was John the Apostle's wedding and that Mary was related to the, uh, the, the people in there as, as was Jesus. And uh, that's why he got invited. And so he's there with his disciples. But you know what? The, the bridegroom, he was stingy. He had that religious mindset that, you know, you, you only just ever give enough. He listened to that little piece of amazing theology. God will supply your need, but not your greed. Just because a thing rhymes doesn't mean it's good theology, people. <laughs> I mean, it might sound kind of good, but I, and it's true, greed's not good. Greed is never a good thing. But I know what it's saying. What they're really saying is that you should only ever just have enough. And if, if that was true, honestly, why did God give us colour vision? Why, why go overboard? I mean, He could have just given us black and white vision. We'd get by. Why would you need, why would you need mangoes? Why would you need pineapples? You could just have potatoes, that do you? You could buy, you know? Why have two arms? One or two? You know, like, I mean, why God? I mean, it's just, a, what a ridiculous abundance to have all that food, all these animals, things you can't eat, all, all kinds of things all through the earth. It's full of the abundance of God. Not a scarcity mindset. God has an abundance mindset. Galaxies out there that, that are just go forever. It never ends. If, you, if you've got any idea that the Creator of the universe has got a small mindset, you are, you are in complete uh, illusion about what God is. God is huge and His mindset is huge. His, his ability is huge. He has got no, no restraints on His thinking. There is nothing too hard for Him. So when he, is, when he is approached by his mother because the wine has run out, this story is one of the greatest stories of generosity I can think of because Jesus, He, he doesn't feel like it's appropriate. But anyway, he, it's His mother asking, how can you say no to Mary? And, and so He says, okay. And He comes over, He says, fill the water pots with wine, with water, sorry, water, and then pull out and take it to the Master of Ceremonies. 
Okay, so here's the thing, it's 180 gallons. It's six pots and they're all about 30, 30 gallons each. That's 180 gallons of Penfolds Grange. It's the best wine they've ever tasted. And it's 180 gallons of it, for goodness sake. What are you gonna do with that much wine at the beginning of a wedding, let alone the end of a wedding? This is like crazy. But that's not, that's not the greatest sign of generosity here in my mind. The greatest sign of generosity is that when the wine was taken to the Master of Ceremonies, He said, wow, you're an amazing person, Mr. Bridegroom. You've, you, most people would leave the worst wine till the last, so people can't tell what they're, what they're drinking, but you've left the best wine until now. And that's the end of the conversation. And that's where the generosity is. Because Jesus didn't come over and say, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. He's a real stingy person. I did the miracle. He doesn't do that. He lets everybody think that this guy is Mr. Super Generous, that he is, he is actually supplied. He's actually a really stingy bridegroom. But he needed a transformation in his life. He needed somebody to come into His world and call Him something different than He already was. Jesus suddenly made Him this Mr. Generous. And now He's got a label on His life that He's the guy who leaves the best to last and He always supplies a huge abundance. Now He's got to live in that society for the rest of His life. So everybody's looking at Him and thinking, well, wow, here comes Mr. Generous who leaves the best until the rest. And he is, he is like one of the most wonderful, generous, overflowing cup people you could ever meet. Wherever He went, they say, oh good, Johnny, the overflowing cup man is coming to our party. He'd have to arrive with an abundance of things because God had changed His world. God had believed in Him that He was different to what He actually was. And you may think, oh, I could never be like that. But you could be. You could have a personal culture of generosity and it would transform your life. It would completely transform your world if you started to think, I'm a giver, not a taker. I'm a generous, abundant supplier. I'm not just somebody who gives enough. I'm gonna do better than what people expect. I'm gonna go the extra mile. That's what a generous mindset is. And it transforms the world. Jesus said, if somebody compels you to go a mile, go with Him too. Now this was under Roman occupation. Roman occupation meant that the soldiers would command people to do stuff for them. And one of them was compel them to carry a bag. And Jesus had seen them. Well, on the way to that Jesus meeting that day, a little boy had been walking along, got his lunch, got his, hates the Romans. Here's the soldier, he says, kid, Drops his sack, knapsack, says, carry my bag. Kid looks up at him, spits on the ground, picks his bag up, <laughs> grunts and groans all the way down the road. Gets to the mile marker, throws down the bag and says, goodbye and walks off. Attitude everywhere. The little boy sitting and listening to the Jesus meeting. Jesus says, if anybody compels you to carry a bag, carry it too. He said, he's speaking to me. <laughs> That's what you feel like when you're in preachers' meetings, right? When you're in a meeting, like, he's talking to me. How does he know about that? And so on the way home, same soldier, same kid. Soldier comes along, hey kid, ha, here you are again. Pick up my bag, carry it. Kid goes, love to, sir. Picks it up. 
walks along beside them, singing, Oh, the reckless, overwhelming love of God. Walks down, gets to the mile mark and just keeps on walking. He says, put the bag down. No, 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 I can carry it for you, sir. Put the bag down. No, 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 I'd love to carry it another mile for you, sir. Put the bag down. That's how you win in life. That's the ways of the Kingdom of God. Learning how to actually do it the Jesus way and have a generous attitude towards everything. It's in generosity that God's goodness is revealed. It's in generosity that your goodness is revealed. When I was a... uh, Chris and I, we were in our early days in Narrabeen and then in Eleanora and then in Cananook uh, and Bayview. We were raising our kids. And in all those days, I can never remember any of them uh, coming down the stairs and saying like, oh, Dad, it's unbelievable. In my bedroom last night, there was a bed. No, 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 not just a bed. It had sheets on it. And it, not only that, the light worked. It was going on and off. The, it, we got electricity. And then I washed my face and there was water coming out the tab. It's unbelievable. And then look at this, a school uniform. Who's paid for all this? You? Oh, you're so amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Tears of gratitude. No. Food. Food on the table. You haven't bought... My favourite, Cocoa Pops. Oh, look at them. Oh, and all this. And then, uh, how do I get to school? We'll drive you. You wouldn't drive us to school, would you? And your car. Oh, thank you again. Never. I didn't. I can't remember a morning like that. It was like, good morning. You want some breakfast? Say it. Like. Grunts and girls, you know, oh, they're reasonably nice. And, but it was like, yeah, it's, it's no, no sense of, and, and they're thankful, they're grateful, obviously. And we're happy to, there's no deal about it. But all I'm saying is that when we provide needs and responsibilities, it's, it's, it's not a great issue. And God says, I'll provide all your need. But He also says, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. So one day I'm walking down past Wayne Ryan's surf shop in DY and I go past and Joe sees a surfboard in the window and he looks around, he goes over and his lips like a sucker on the window. He's drooling down a window, saliva just going down everywhere. And I look around and see the price on that surfboard. I go, pull him off. We're getting out of here, kid. And went home. But a little later on, I went down, I went to see Wayne. I said, hey, Wayne. How about we do a deal on this board here, you know? He said, sure. And uh, so I bought it and uh, I took it home. I walk into the room and uh, I had it behind my back. I said, hey, Joe. Well, I knocked first, as you do. It's my house, but I still got a knock on his door, right? You know? <laughs> so I said, yeah. He said, hey, can I come in? Yeah. He said, hey, how you doing? I go, look at this. He go, Whoa, you are the man. <laughs> he slept with that board that night. <laughs> Happily, now he's married. He has a, something else. To, anyway, uh, so, you know, it's like, the, 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 the fact is, suddenly you're the man. God provides our needs. But when He's providing generosity, 
when He's providing an abundance that's over and above all that we could ever think of or dream of, and He does exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, we've moved into understanding God a little better. His love for you has no boundaries, has no end. It is completely an overflowing cup. David said, my cup overflows. All through the Old Testament, God constantly provided more than enough whenever He came into a situation where people were crying out for Him. The only thing that prevents us is a mindset that's a poverty mindset or a scarcity mindset that says there's not enough. That if I give, if I'm generous or if I'm, I, I don't know if it's gonna, but you will find that generosity has a way of coming back into your world. If you're generous out, generosity will come back in. Another thing that generosity will do for you is defeat selfishness. It defeats a self-oriented life when you start to bless other people with more than they thought they were gonna receive and more than you thought you could give. You will find yourself stepping into the God zone, the God zone of supply, the God zone of thinking. When you start to let generosity be your personal culture, you'll overlook other people's faults. You won't be nitpicking at every little thing. You'll be abounding with thanksgiving, overflowing with thanksgiving, which is the best antidote to complaining and entitlement. As soon as you start thanking God for everything and thanking God for people and having a generous, positive attitude towards everybody around you that is overflowing, you will find that that generosity spills into your relationships at an alarming speed. Generosity is when you give praise to other people. You don't just give measured praise and say to a lady that dress is interesting. You say, it's amazing, amen. You don't say you got a new hairstyle. You say that hairstyle's amazing. Everybody's lost weight every time you meet them, people, amen. God is good. He believes in you. And you can be just like that man who supplied less at the wedding than he should, but Jesus changed that for him. He changed it for him by doing a miracle of transformation in his own life, by letting him be thought of as a totally different person. Start thinking of each other in a different way. Start thinking of, of yourself in a different way. A blessed, overwhelming, blessed person of God. A generous uh, over the cup, overflowing the cup kind of person. Whenever you hold your cup up to God, He's not gonna give you just enough. He's gonna overflow it with the goodness of God. Can you all stand up as I finish here this morning? Lord Jesus, I pray for Your blessing and Your power, for Your grace and Your mercy, for Your love and Your kindness to overflow us with these waves of the love of God. Let the grace of heaven and the power of God pour into people's lives. Right now as I'm standing here, Father, I'm aware there's a person here with a, a problem in their digestive system and in the lower colon and it is diseased. And right now healing will come into that part of their body by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I'm aware that that's not just in one person, but it's in two, three people. Here this morning, Father, and healing will come to them by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm aware of people with migraines here this morning. And I believe that, Lord, You'd release them from the grip of that thing today. Anybody with a heavy heart, with an anxious soul, Father, I thank You that You'll lift the burden and ease their troubled mind with the peace of God that passes all understanding. It's beyond comprehension. We just leave it with You, Lord. As we stand in Your presence, we thank You for the peace of God that makes us whole in Jesus' Name. And everybody said, 
Amen. Give the Lord a great clap offering, would you? Thanks, James. Hey, everyone. What a joy it is to bring the Word of God to so many people all around the world every week. And I just love technology for that reason, that we're able to broadcast through television, through podcasts, through social media, and to bring Jesus into people's worlds in all kinds of ways. Obviously, there are costs to that. There are uh, expenses in reaching out and accomplishing this preaching of the Gospel. And in the book of Romans, Paul says, how shall I go unless somebody send them? He's talking about the beautifulness of of the preaching of the Gospel, how it brings peace and joy into people's worlds. And so the people who are sending us into other people's worlds is you and the people of our congregations. And I'd love you to join with them and with us as partners, sending the Gospel throughout all the world through all these means that God has put in our hands. And as we partner together, I know that there will be thousands of people in heaven for eternity because of our efforts together. God has called us to do this and we depend on people to send us and support us in taking the Gospel to the world. I wanna say thank you for standing with us and believing God. I'm praying and asking God to touch you and to bless your seed that you sow so that you'll experience an incredible harvest in your lives, in Jesus' Name. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can order any of Pastor Phil's resources at philpringle.com or at c3store.com. We are always encouraged to hear the stories of great decisions you have made and the great things God is doing in your life. So if you have a story to share or if you have a prayer request, please email us at podcast at myc3church.net.